You can't restrain Steve-O. Combined with my uh, moniker of Matt Unchained, we sound Ooh. like wild animals. We're unleashing. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like we shouldn't be allowed to run down the streets without them. Yeah. But welcome to Load Restrained Systems. Yeah. How are you, mate? Yeah, great to be here. Of course, uh, the big story in footy is Jack Ginnivan at the moment. Two matches effectively for being caught out uh, taking ketamine in, in a toilet, which... To, from what I'm told is the it drug at the moment amongst some of these younger people. So we need to uh, beware of that. And it's certainly not a good look for Collingwood Footy Club. But when I talk about this story, I put a father's hat on. I've got a son of a similar age and young guys make mistakes. Mm. So um, my theory is two weeks is sort of a here nor there suspension. I'm more about welfare. Maybe what, give the guy another chance. What was the cir- exact circumstance? So that that had a training camp. Uh, down where on where the was coast. it? Somewhere. Like- so they went to Torquay Hotel. Yeah. Um, basically, just a, a few beers to relax, wind down. There were a few other players there. He went into a cubicle, and and some uh, moron, as well, you have to say, a moron, mm. has leaned over with a phone and filmed. So that's just as bad. So there's no suggestion that it was a share around bag of ketamine. It was or anything like that? No, the uh, the club is saying it's an isolated incident. No other players were aware what was going on. And, of course, Collingwood say they don't have a drug problem. Mm. Well, yeah, it's, it's hard to say occasional bursts of um, people getting caught out taking ketamine or cocaine or eckies or whatever is evidence of a wider drug problem at a footy club. Because, as you and I know, as dads of mm. pe- young people, um, it's pervasive. It's not. It doesn't mean it's... Uh, like a school's got a a, a, a pandemic, what do you, or whatever you call it, of drugs if a few students get pinged. So do you think that's your standard reporter's question of does your club have a drug problem, even though it's it's hard to say that off a few isolated incidents? Oh, it's hard. It's the obvious question. It was interesting today. They were doorstopped again. Ginevan, uh, you know, the skipper. Darcy Moore. I think Colling would have handled this pretty well, and I, I think it'll smooth over fairly quickly. Bailey Smith got two weeks last year at the Bulldogs. Shane Mumford got two weeks. That's the go at the moment. So if you if you get caught taking um, some sort of powder, uh, you get the two matches. Well, it's yeah, it's, it's it's such a. I mean, put it this way: I've been to certain cities where you just you just get a sense that it's just such a casually used thing, you know, like. Uh, the one to the north of us seems to be very casual about it. So, how yeah. far north in the in the harbour town? Well, you know, northish. You know, so I think I think all sports are the same. I know at the back you said, well, I might ask you about racing, and I'll, the only response I've got is, I imagine that it's an issue. But well, I imagine society it's, in all mm. in all uh, areas. But is there a code in racing as far as three strikes, etc.? Not really. I should have Googled this when you first spoke to me about it. I think, that now that you remind me of the three strikes idea, I think there's Nelly some sort of a... I will actually, before the end of the show, I'll have a proper answer for it. Actually, if, if someone in the industry is listening, 0416905052 or 1300652927, if you want to, if you can clarify that from an industry point of view, what is, in simple terms, what is the drug policy? One three hundred six five two nine two seven. If it's if it's a subject that you want to get involved in, for sure. But with racing, with the thresholds of certain substances and the random nature of random drug testing at jump outs, trials, all that sort of thing, it's a real. I think all the participants, and of course, when you think of uh, certain drugs that um, uh, reduce appetite, 
you certain you think of a certain category of participants, don't you? And you you wonder whether some of them uh, play a bit of Russian roulette with that or not. So. Um, yeah. So this is obviously all out of competition as well. I mean, if you if you test positive, get caught on match day, um, the repercussions are a lot higher, Matty, because a lot of these drugs are considered performance enhancing. So traditionally through the AFL period, it's in the off season when when the troubles occur. Well, the head of the Jockeys Association in Tassie, Kevin Ring, has texted and said there is no code. It is zero tolerance. I'm just trying to work out what the penalty regime is for, for zero tolerance. Uh, anyway, uh, as I say, 0416905052, if you're interested in this subject, 1300 652927. And that takes us a little bit nicely into yay or nay, steve So what's it going to be, yay or nay? <laughs> <laughs> we're working well, overtime. No, so no, we're, we're, we're getting great. there. We're getting no, there. No, these are great. That funny. horse would not stand still. How many takes did we have to do to get that horse to know? Is it uh, Mr. Ed? The, the, horn, the Heathcote Hornet is uh, still with us. Are uh, you there, Matty? Yeah. <laughs> that is the ideal. You there, Hornet? Uh, he, he'll be with us shortly. So suspension or welfare? Yeah, so I'm going down the track, and, and I'm putting my father's hat on here. Um, if you asked me five years ago, this would have been a different answer. So I'm saying it should be welfare only for the first offence in, in this case. Um, in, in the off-season, caught out, silly act. Uh, the fact you've been publicised, you've made headlines, you're a young kid, you, you've got one more chance. But you have to do six months of education and training and maybe do some hours down at the, the soup clinic or something, a soup kitchen, uh, and help out with the salvos. Yeah, is that tokenistic though or meaningful? Um, I think it can be both, but I mean, I believe in giving second chances to young blokes. Yeah. Because no. it, it, it is rife out there, and, and drugs I, I don't condone in any way, but to young blokes make mistakes. And, and if it's certainly on match day or performance enhancing, come down as hard as you like. I'm informed that on this subject there may have been a little, uh, let's just say a raid at a training centre this morning that might yield some... Uh, I just got a message then that might yield some uh, something along very much the lines that we're talking about. Right. Well, that's uh, breaking news, Matthew. So just a, a little text is... Got a breaking news little jingle there, Craigie? That's uh, a, almost a bombshell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, we, we hear things. 0416905052. Uh, so what's your take? Is suspension it, or welfare? So I, my, I, think, my, I think it should be either 12 weeks or nothing. Two weeks is just, Mickey, it, it's just a tickle. They don't know what to do with it because it's a very difficult subject. You know, they have to go to certain 1950s mentalities of, okay, well, we'll make this person mm. work in a... I'm not saying you're of 1950s mentality, but... Do you think soup kitchen was the wrong term? Or not? No, I like <laughs> the idea of a soup kitchen, but I think the welfare one is just rolling the arm over, going through the motions, mm. saying, you go to this, you know, hi, my name is Jack and I have mm. done this, you know. I think it can be a bit tokenistic, but then again, if you do nothing... Uh, What's the fine line? So it's, there's never a perfect solution. The Hornet's a footballer, and he's probably been exposed to this sort of uh, situation before. He was there, and he disappeared off the screen. Yeah, so who, who are you with, yay or no? Um, I'm sceptical of the tokenistic welfare, and I believe a suspension is a real penalty. Uh, but as you say, two weeks is probably a bit tokenistic. Uh, I wonder what Nevitt thinks. How are you, mate? I'm well, thanks, Matthew. I'm very well, very hot in Heathcote. It's about 30 degrees. Well, there's got to be a winery with air conditioning yeah. around there somewhere. Thanks, yeah, Rob. Oh, don't, don't worry, I've been uh, sounding out the good wineries. You'd know a few in the Heathcote region, wouldn't you? 
Well, Mitchelton, we had a amazing trip. This involved the late Jack Storing, and this is where a lot of the great Jack Storing stories emanated from when we thought he was deceased in his cabin because he was gravely ill on scotch the night before and I was dispatched to wake him up from cabin 33 fearing the worst um so Mitchelton upstairs um yeah beautiful um lots of amazing what Mitchelton's a, a long way from Heathcote sorry yeah I'm, that's Nagambi isn't it yeah. yeah uh yeah no Heathcote Heathcote estate, estate is up that way yeah 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 yep yep, yep. yep. Yeah, so well done geographically. Yeah, there, well, I'm a Golden Valley yeah. boy. So you are. Yeah, you pinged me straight but away for that. Matty Nevitt, you're a younger type of guy. You're a bit of a player around town. What's your oh, take? Really. Yeah, but no, you know, you, you're out and about more than us, obviously. What's your take on the Ginevan situation? My take on the Ginevan situation, Steve, is that it feels like we've had this same sort of story happened many times before. It almost feels identical to the Bailey Smith story a year ago. And I must admit, I was a little bit surprised, and I heard you talking with Michael Felgate about this earlier, how much coverage Channel 7 were giving it. It was a lead story two nights in a row. He got his suspension. Um, You know, the big question that comes out of it, I think, is that what is the AFL's illicit drugs um, uh, policy, and and, and does it actually work? That's, That's the biggest question, because we seem to have these exact same stories bob up every single year, and... Are we just content with, yep, okay, two-game suspension, public shaming is, is a, a, enough? Is that fun? And if we are, well, then great, it is working. But uh, I don't know whether it is or not, steve What's your thoughts? Well, if this keeps bobbing up, it's probably not working. But you've got to try something. And uh, I'm not sure about the three strikes policy. They're, they're, they're reviewing it. Apparently, review started four years ago, and they still haven't uh, altered it. But um, we could go on forever about it. I think they're isolated cases, though. There's only one a year. Uh- and yeah. look, I, I think, I think what at, that tells me is that the players are very good. It tells me that the players are very committed. They are very focused because um, these these are very easy casual distractions, aren't they? That the rest of society falls into all the time. So I think the fact that they happen so rarely suggests maybe their own the culture of the clubs and the players individually is working, or the drugs policy is working. Because there's no there's no perfect policy, is there? Because you can pick it all apart, really. But what do you reckon, Hornet? Yeah, if they're, the they're only is, breaching well, it once, once or twice a year, then it's it's it, that tells me more about the success of the the culture rather than the lack of success. Yeah, I, I do agree with you, Matty, because you've got to take into account how many AFL players there actually are as well. And it's, it's a large cohort of players. Um, so, and you know, the other thing as well is that the the biggest thing for these players that get caught right, they can get a two-game suspension and they can get a, co- a, a hit to their wallet. But there's no doubt the biggest deterrent and factor here is the public shaming and the embarrassment of it all. That's the thing that would, would scare players the most, having their faces and their names you know, through the, the 6 o'clock news two nights in a row. Um, you, Jack Inevin will come back from a two-game suspension. By round four or five, he'll be back in the forward line. And, and in many ways, the story's in the past, but it's the, the embarrassment of, of actually having it exposed, I think, is the, the biggest factor for a player. Yeah, 19 seconds until the next at Ballarat. We'll go there shortly, but I've got time to just squeeze in a one SMS. The AFL didn't have a performance-enhancing drugs policy at the time, but still gave Justin Charles 16 weeks in the 1990s. So that was more of a uh, a judgment call at the time rather than leaning on a policy. Wasn't that was it? a watershed moment. So yeah. after that, they acted. Uh, now, more from Kevin Ring, who's also the uh, uh, the AJA, Jockeys Association National OHNS officer. 
normally for jockeys disqualification or suspension with taking part in counselling and drug rehab, which is mirrors the AFL sort of thing, Steve-O, doesn't it? Yeah, so that that's on race day, though, obviously, isn't it? So what happens if you're a jockey on no. a Wednesday and you get caught, uh, somebody takes a photo? Uh, no, I think because it can stay in the system and would be deemed performance enhancing. Like if they get nailed at the jump outs on a Monday and they're not riding till the next Saturday, they're still going to get pinged. So, yeah, no, it's a, it's a clean sweep sort of policy. Speaking um, of clean sweep, what do you think of the cricket, Matty? I was watching with my old man yesterday when we were two for 90 and, and uh, Labashane was sort of getting in the hang of it, doing some reverse sweeps and getting on top of the bowlers and then... We got distracted, and then I was just looking a bit through social media, and something happened in the meantime. So, what do you mean? I mean, it's a f- mindsets can be f- um, dramatically affected by the conditions in India, can't they? Like Hornet, just watching the coverage, it looked very hot and hazy, and it, it must be a mentally a mental struggle for Aussies in in the conditions, in including the pitches in in India. Oh, without a doubt. And if you're not up for the challenge, Matt, you get exposed like Australia were yesterday. I I thought day two was as good a day's test cricket as I've nearly ever seen. It was gripping. Australia were up for the fight. And then on day three yesterday, it was embarrassing. I'm with you, Steve. I heard you this morning. I think Pat Cummins has had an awful tour of India. His his tactics have been all over the place. Um, That's shot selection as his first ball yesterday. I know he's a bowler, but that was a disgrace. It was nothing short of a disgrace. To play a slog sweep when his side is up against it in India, um, he walked off the ground yesterday. And I was really disappointed even watching his press conference, steve that he was giggling his way through it for the second match in a row. Yeah, yeah. It's just the way he is. It's this generation. I think it's a different breed of player and personality. It's a more loving, caring, sharing type of person. And perhaps some of us older guys have got to get used to that. But it just outwardly just that's doesn't fine. seem You're like he enjoys your the country. Fight. Yeah, that's right. There's not enough anger, fight. There's not enough passion. And I believe, when we talk about yay or nay, I believe uh, Pat Cummins should take a spell and miss the next test. I, I think his headspace is not right. I'd make Steve Smith the skipper. I don't think we're he's suited to bowling in India anyway. Rest up. Even if you have to miss the rest of the series and get yourself right for England, Hornet. Um, interesting the commentary as well. Border um, has been getting upset about the over friendliness and casual sort of lack of anger in the Australians. Matt Hayden's having a real crack at Cummins, and Matt Hayden is an ally of uh, yeah. Justin, Justin Langer. Langer. So there's there's a bit yeah. going on in the commentary boxes as well. Yeah, there certainly is, and I think everyone's got their own view on that. Do I have an issue with players laughing out there in the middle and having conversations with their opponents? Not really. I think I think we're sort of past the old days where you've you got to actually intimidate your opponent out there. But I'm more interested in the, the actual stroke play, the tactics, and there's the genuine care for your own wicket. That's what's been the most disappointing thing out there. Uh, Steve, even in AFL, I mean, I'm... I think generally I, I think it's great and it's it's great to see people getting along even after battle. But it's part of the t- time when I'm watching a, say, a, a, a team will play terribly and they should be ashamed of themselves. And as soon as the final siren goes, they're, they're obviously having a chin wag to their opponent about what he's up to next weekend and stuff like that. I, I think the, the jolt from, you know, the, the battlefield to everyone having a kumbaya afterwards has almost gone a bit too far in the AFL. Yeah, I think it has. As a supporter, you're feeling terrible. Yeah. Walking out of the ground. Your team's lost by 12 goals. You're filthy. And it sort of rubs it in when you see players talking and, and joking. But again, it's a different era. It's a different generation. 
Yeah. So we've just got to get used to it. Once the siren goes, the hostilities are over. And I think the supporters at times are hurt more. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I think That's it's gone a bit far, though, Hornet. Do you, do, you, do you love seeing the Kumbaya, or do you think they need to carry a bit of that sort of sense of rivalry uh, beyond the final siren a little bit? Um, I think it's different when you're comparing uh, a national setup, say the Australian Test team, and, and saying uh, an AFL club where you've got paid-up members who are far more passionate about their footy club. They... They treat it almost like a religion, Matty. It's culturally embedded into them. I think the Australian team's got a different sort of seal. Obviously, there's people who are patriotic, and you just want to see them represent your country with honour and, and play you know, fair, hard cricket. But I do agree with you, um, Steve-O. It's, it's definitely the fans who hurt more in, in, in tough losses than the players, and that's evident in the, in the way that they act after the game. Did you see Captain Ravishing Hornet? I did, Matthew. I, I wonder whether or not maybe there was a few people over overhyping him in the last <laughs> couple of months. Is it is it is it the fault of is it our fault, Matty? Oh, let's be honest. Is it our fault for overhyping him, or is it our craving for harness racing to have a superstar? Yeah, there's a bit of everything in this, and Steve, you could probably align it with some other s- smaller sports that need to make a lot of noise to get noticed. Uh, I'm not saying that's necessarily the case with harness, but there was a lot of lot of talk after he won a race, that, you know, he's transcended the sport and so on, which was not true. But I can understand why people in harness racing were keen to, to think that this horse was going to take them on a higher journey than, than, they, than they, they're in most of the time. But I think he just got lost in the wide-open spaces of um, an angle. He, he, he over-races. He, does, he, he doesn't pace himself, so to speak. He's got, obviously, more ability than anything, but he's, he, he's just got that flash-in-the-pan sort of... He's not a racehorse. He's an excitement machine. And I, I, I could just see it unfolding that way on Saturday night. Yeah, and also, Catcher Wives a very good horse, Matt. And he's threatened to do that on previous occasions. He just probably doesn't have the record that, that suggests that he's a superstar. But he's right in the conversation with Captain Ravishing. And, and you know, we're not forgetting about Leap to Fame as well, who has beaten Captain Ravishing before. So that, that group of four-year-olds are going to have some good battles throughout the year. And I think that the takeaway from the night is Captain Ravishing is not invincible. Well, the other thing too was there was a, there was th- storms. It's not the first time they've had big storms at Menangle. Everything was put back two hours, I think, and you could see in the parade that it was a hot and steamy night. And he was he was glimmering, you know, with with a bit of moisture before the race too. So maybe there was a few factors that just upset the apple cart with him. And to be honest, he's beaten by a good horse, and they spaced the rest. So I think the defeat is a bit damaging for the narrative with him at the moment. But I don't think it detracted too much from the ability of the horse, the, the, the appreciation of the ability of the horse? Mm. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a fair point. And also the depth, Matty. Sometimes these big margins and the depth of these races, we can get a little bit confused with how strong the victories were. Um, and he was, you know, he was tested there on the weekend. And he, he's going to get tested you know, the, the, in these harder races that he faces, especially when he faces open-age horses. Yeah, well, Dan Malecki's going to give us his take on it uh, when he joins me a little bit later on as well. But, Steve-O, there are the, the little sport... Not, not Again, don't judge me here, Harness, but the smaller ones that struggle for space with the bigger sports who kind of have to jump up and down a bit to get noticed. Yeah, and they? good luck to them. You've got to do it. There's some sports that probably don't do it enough, Matty. The smaller sports. Yeah, no, probably right. And Menangle, it was yeah, I was up in Sydney on the weekend, and the wind really ripped through. Um, I saw a yacht fly up and, and crash into a, a marquee. 
was a lead story. I saw it unfold. There I were heard people you running around it. everywhere. It was crazy. This is just the Nobu at Crown in, at about 6.30 p.m. So uh, crazy weather in Sydney. Yeah, no, it's crazy a weather. tropical everywhere. sort of action. Dan Malecki's on actually on the line. We might bring him in very shortly to, to buy into the RAV situation. And he might also want to buy into the Nature Strip discussion as well. You're a arm's length are when it comes to racing and its champions. What did what did you see with Nature Strip? Do you think these, he's reached a fork in the road? Well, I think so. Just looking from afar, and, and the form line's not great. There's going to have to be a massive turnaround, isn't there, for yeah. something more positive to happen, Matty? So, uh, were you thinking I, that? I think trouble. Hornet, were you thinking the same? Uh, on one hand, yes, Matt, but on the other hand, I'm going, okay, it was a firm, firmish track. The track was good, as everyone's pointed out, but he's a better performer when there's give in the track, and I think he's a better performer out over 1,200 metres. So you'd think he will be a better horse with those um, factors in his favour throughout the Sydney autumn. All right, just a couple of SMSs before I let both you guys go, and then we'll move into gate speed with Dan. Uh, I don't think it's a generational issue, in inverted commas. I believe it's an appearance marketing look. I hate reading them out without pre-reading. Just to, in the AFL, it's all about being friendly, whereas in the NRL, it's much more different. I coach a country football team. I'm coaching them to be intimidating and ferocious. Mm. There you go. And have, a, have a beer in the rooms after the game. Don't, you don't have to be too friendly outside. Hi, guys. We aren't stupid, and we know this uh, Ginevan incident is not just one isolated incident. The players only say this to come across. Uh, we won't go through with that one. Tommy Berry uh, is fighting a 12-month ban for giving a tip, no drugs involved. Well, you know, different crimes for different uh, offences. What's um, anything else brewing, steve no, that's about it, Matty, today. Ginevan uh, dominating the headlines. As I said, Darcy Moore's spoken, Ginevan's spoken, Darcy Moore adamant that uh, the drugs problem at Collingwood is not widespread. And credit to Darcy Moore today, fronted up. It was that big a story. They broke into Sunrise and the Today Show live to go to Darcy Moore. So Collingwood yeah. makes headlines. Well, and it's a good test of a captain to be able to stand up in different difficult sort of situations isn't it good on you steve-o cheers maddie uh the heathcote shiraz is about 60 bucks a bottle nev so just just a yep. six pack beautiful maddie sounds good uh i'll drink those on my way home or not on my way home when i get home yes yeah, so when you get home <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow you. i'm not leaving you any <laughs> good on you mate cheers. Good idea.